following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And the road to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas begins now here on Mix Shots inside the SWBC podcast studio. Bill Jones along with Mickey Spagnola. And Mickey, I feel like we should have had Stampede to start this show. Because? Because an Eagles non-victory, in my <laughs> opinion, is a Cowboys victory in the Super Bowl on Sunday. You know what? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and I'm hoping we're better than them lousy Eagle fans. <laughs> that stuck in my craw. Stuck in your craw, did really it? Really bad. <laughs> well, we got much to get to over the course right. of the next 45 minutes to an hour. And we may go an hour and 45 minutes. Sometimes there's karma in the world. <laughs> Got what you deserve. There you go. And uh, we are obviously are here inside the SWBC podcast studio and on location in a remote spot somewhere in the world. Once again. Is Everson Walls. <laughs> if you must, must know, William, I am in Sin City, Las Vegas. Oh, and oh. care of some business. So just in case you thought I was just out there gambling, I don't gamble. I, 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 however, do buy a lot of expensive doggone food out here. Oh, my God. This place is a ripoff, man. Give me a break. So, Everson. That's so much money. See, I was there. thinking he was in that, 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 that cell block that we saw last time. Remember the brick wall in the back? <laughs> and I was thinking. He got out. Maybe he's got something to do with these balloons flying over the country, you know? <laughs> Everson. Uh, I must admit, that was an ugly situation that you speak of, Spags. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was ill-prepared at that moment. I am ready this time. You see, I am in wonderful quarters here okay. in Las Vegas. All right. Uh, everything's fine. And and also, Bill, I must disagree with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I know I know we hate these guys. <laughs> I know. I know. My daughter's like, my daughter's like, oh, there's no way I'm pulling for them because they would not pull for us. And I could just see her working her neck, even though this was uh, texting me. So, no, she uh, was very happy that they lost. I was actually pulling. You know, you got to pull for the NFC East, man. Mm. You got to pull. Well, yeah, you just pulled something. Well, yeah, you just pulled something because we we lost your voice. I don't know what just happened there. Ever, Everson, we, uh, we've we lost audio with you there. Uh, just that last comment. You may, I think that uh, – I, I just wonder if it, could Everson be in Vegas a year from now? Oh, yes, absolutely. He, he's a year early to be in Vegas. That's right. That's right. All right, yeah. so we'll get things uh, worked out with Everson there as far as his audio goes. All right, so your uh, first impressions of uh, what happened on Sunday, do you want to start with the Philly fans booing Dak? Yes, absolutely. Okay. It just kind of ruined the beginning of the darn thing. Yeah. The whole lead-up to the game was great, right? The stuff with um, – I get my days mixed up. Damar Hamlin and 
uh, you the, know, the Thursday night, the honors, night, NFL honors. Yeah, we got a lot to get it, to them and regarding that as well. And they did it again during the game, and you know, and uh, all the music before the game and the lead up, and then they, you know, going to introduce the guys that uh, were selected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and brought out all the guys that were nominated for uh, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award and then introduced Dak with the, the trophy right there. <laughs> and then they booed him. <laughs> they booed him. Now, if I'm Dak, I'm thinking, okay, Santa Claus and me, I'm pretty good company, uh, no, uh, right? Dak knew exactly right. what was going on. Oh, yeah, he on. was I mean, ready. Yeah, he was right? laughing. Uh, he was smiling at he it. He should have done more. He should have started waving, <laughs> right, or whatever, and, 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 and should have put up a, a 4-0. We scored the most points against your team all season long. And that's okay. still the case. And it is. Because those though, Chiefs only got 38 hey, against Yeah, they got 38, right? They couldn't <laughs> score 40. Uh, but – you know, that's kind of what we thought was going to happen. We both picked, I believe, Kansas City to win, and I thought Mahomes would be the difference. And while Jalen Hurts was awfully, awfully good, uh, Mahomes saved the day. All right. Everson, what were your impressions of uh, what happened on Sunday? I don't think he can still hear us. No. Nope. Uh, apparently not. Apparently not. Um I laughed when the Philly fans – at first I was like, oh, they're – wait, they're booing. And then, I, oh, no, those are the Philly That's fans. That's what I, I – it took me a while to figure out who was booing, right? I almost had to – I was like, what's Kansas City got against the Cowboys? You know, Lamar Hunt – I mean, uh, uh, the Hunts live here, right? Uh-huh. Clark Hunt. Clark Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, yeah. And I said, oh, it's Philadelphia, of course. Uh, but anyway, no, uh, you know, a great game um, mm. back and forth. And I think everybody thought at, you know, halftime that, you know, down 10 that Kansas City was, you know, dead in the water. And, you know, I was thinking, well, they've got the first possession. Uh, and all you got to do is score a touchdown, right? And it's a three-point game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's still a lot of football uh, left to be played. And everybody's like all the changes they made the second half. Well, the change they made in the second half was they got the football. They only had the ball, what, eight minutes the, the first half? Eight. They didn't have really had any possessions. Um, so they scored, and then they finally got um, – they finally got uh, – and, and then even after they scored, they didn't get a stop, right? Uh, it ended up still 10 points, 27-17. Uh, so until the defense got some stops – yeah, they were going to have problems because Philadelphia was scoring every possession they had. They basically played a near perfect second half offensively. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. When and when you thought that Mahomes was toast, right? The way he was acting on the bench after the guy grabbed his ankle mm-hmm. on the way down, it was like, oh. Not Henny. They're not going to have to play him, right? And this team's going to not only play, knock out the third-string quarterback in the NFC title game. Now they're going to knock out the league MVP and have to play a backup that hasn't played all year and probably didn't want to play because immediately after the game he retired. Chad Henny, yeah. yes, yeah.
Um, and we'll get Everson back here in a moment. So I'm going to save the uh, quote-unquote uh, most controversial play, the call, because uh, I want to get Everson's opinion on it. Um, since he's a defensive back. Since he's a defensive back, I want to I want to hear what he has to say about that. But, you know, you look back, and, uh, you know, obviously the Eagles were the, were, had a great season, but I was looking back at and I had a conversation with someone last week about who have they beaten this season. Right. And uh, if you go back through their schedule, there's not a lot of – like if, if you were the college football playoff committee and you were seeding the tournament – You wouldn't have seeded them number one? Well, just, now they would have been one or two. But uh, but if you're looking, like, looking at, okay, well, what's their signature win – there weren't a lot of signature wins, meaning wins over really good teams this season. Went over the Cowboys, came with Cooper Rush as a backup quarterback. Of course, they didn't have Hurts when the Cowboys uh, had the return matchup, and the Cowboys won that one right before Christmas. But you look at uh, their se- the Eagles' season, and where they were at one point, they were 13-1 and coming into the Dallas game on Christmas Eve. And since then, now understand, Hertz was hurt, and they lost a couple of games there. But they they wound up going three and three their last six games. Mm-hmm. In contrast, look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs had three losses this season, and those losses were by a grand total of just over ten points. They were all three or four point losses, all three of them. Going back to week three of the season. I was going to say, some of them were early. Right? Yeah. Th- week three of the season, they lost to Indianapolis 20-17. to 17. Week six, they lost to Buffalo by four, 24-20. And so they were four and two at that point of the season. And then their only loss the rest of the season came December 4th at Cincinnati, that 27-24 loss. So this is a team that not only won, and at that point of the year, they were 9-3. and So they wind up 17-3. and They won their last eight games, and they won 12 of their last 13 games. That's how well the Chiefs have played this season. So why do you think everybody was thinking that the Eagles were going to win and they were the favorites? Mahomes' well, injury? That perhaps, but it, it became a narrative all season because the Eagles had gotten off to such a great start this season that they are the team to beat. Right, and then they they kept you know they lost Hurts for a couple of games, and so but they still they had such a lead in the division they were able to win the division and have the number one seed, and so they were still the perception was still well the Eagles are, are the team to beat without really digging into the details of their season and so forth, but. Uh, and you know, in Kansas City, as Travis Kelsey pointed out time and time again, <laughs> you know, no one other than someone in this room had picked Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. Well, he uh, never at, met me and Bill Jones <laughs> at at the beginning of the season. And you, you picked Kansas City to begin the season, I believe so. Okay, yes. and, if it wasn't, and, and, it was and the reason no one yeah. picked him was because they lost Tyreek Hill, right? And Brett Veach, their GM, did a great job of in the offseason and even during the season acquiring Kadarius Tony in October was one of those picks. You know how many snaps Kadarius Tony played in the game? Not, uh, not many. Six on offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And then his special teams and had the big 65-yard punt return. His, his, his production per snap was pretty yeah. darn good. He was close to being the MVP, right? Uh-huh. That was a heck of a he, uh, punt Kadarius return. Tony is basically their Cavante Turpin. Yes, yeah. 
and made a difference. And uh, I would have thought that there had been a punt return longer than that in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that. And what was it? 50, 65. 65, 65 right? yards. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, they had guys step up. I mean, the first half, I don't think we knew who their receivers were, if you think about it. Um, I didn't look at the stats on the first half. but um, So other than Kelsey with three catches, McKinnon, running back, had two. Um, and then one, two catches. It's Gray. Gray was a tight end, tight end. right? So the wide receivers – uh, had two catches at the end of the first half. But they didn't have the football, right? How many plays? And, and their, one of their two touchdowns was on a fumble return by the Missouri Tiger and Frisco Lone Star Ranger out. Nick Bolton. They had He's 20 a heck of a football player, by the way. He ended up with nine tackles. Mm-hmm. If, the, if a defensive guy needed to be the MVP, yep. he was pretty darn close, mm-hmm. right? Nine tackles he had uh, right down the road here in Frisco. They had 20 plays in the first half. That's it. 20. Seven of them were runs. So, yeah, there was a reason. I don't know how much they changed the second half. They, everybody said, well, they came out and ran the ball. Well, okay, they didn't have a chance to run the ball the first half, right? We knew going in that Pacheco could give them problems, and he did. That was your guy, right, for the, um, your pick-to-click. Um, and then they got him going, and then things started, you know. But still, even though they scored, Philadelphia came back and scored, and it was 27-17. All right, we got Everson on the phone now. And uh, Everson, uh, I don't know if you, how much you've been able to listen to what we've been talking about, but I wanted to save the uh, hold, defensive holding call uh, to get your opinion before we discussed it. Uh, of course, it was the uh, key play of the game down the stretch. James Bradbury called for the defensive hold on Juju Smith-Schuster. As a cornerback, what was your take on that call? You know, it was just like the um, really the Cowboys fight for the Niners game when you're talking about Donovan Wilson. You know, once you get in that area, uh, sometimes the, the referee – This is just not going to work today, is it? <laughs> oh. Of the there, game. There, there we go. Uh, say that one more time, Everson, because we lost you for just a second. Say it one I, more I time. I was saying the referees don't understand that they are not supposed to be a part of the game when you're talking about being in that crucial situation. I'm sorry. I did not think it was a pass interference call. I barely thought Donovan Wilson was a pass interference call. You have to be able to somehow uh, 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 control your space as a defensive player, even if you're covering a wide receiver. You understand what I'm saying? They, they tend to act as if uh, we're playing shadow, a shadow game. You still have a chance to your space, and you still have a chance to have some contact so that you can ma- maintain the leverage that you have on that receiver. You have to give them that chance. And I thought that was a crappy call. Well, I thought the first grab is what he got called for. Not the set, not uh-huh. the left hand. It was the right hand when he tried to keep him from reversing field on him. Um, uh-huh. So, I mean, Bradbury said afterwards it was a hold. Uh, he was trying to hold. He didn't hold very well. <laughs> I think that might have been the problem. 
But again, well, I, I would have to say, Ben, in the words of Roseanne, Roseanne Dan, uh, never mind me. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I agree with you, Everson, on, uh, and, and I thought exactly of the George Kittle play against Donovan Wilson in the Cowboys game. And uh, the, the problem that I had with that one was I think Kittle purposely was trying to draw the foul on a third and eight play. And, of course, that was a play where Demarcus Lawrence got the sack. Huge play in that game. And he so uh, – it was an Academy Award-winning per acting performance from Kittle that he got held. And so I, I hated in that situation to see an offensive player be rewarded for something he was intentionally trying to do there. I, I don't well, know what Donovan Wilson's supposed to do in that situation when he goes when, right when into him. When you have a game that was being played as well as both of those games were being played, you have to know as a referee beforehand – you know, let, we got to kind of let things play out here right. because the games are being played so well at an excellent pace, and it, it was exciting. So now for you to come in after really not hardly being in existence, you didn't really see many, I don't recall, a lot of uh, penalties in the game, and now you want to make a difference. That, to me, it's just bad optics. Right. And, and and I think that an official, and I know this probably goes against the official's handbook or whatever, but I think they have to have an awareness of the situation in the game. And the fact that's that... That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, that, exactly is, that is a third down play that if, and in this case, in this game, that is a third down play that if they get that first down, if you make that call, you have just effectively ended this football game. And, that, and that's exactly what that play did. It ended the game. Because Kansas City still would have kicked a field goal, you're assuming, right? It was going to be even if they had not gained any more yardage. Thirty yards, yeah. thirty, they, thirty yards. You were giving goal. them an opportunity, uh, but I'm saying with the first down, then right. they're, then they're bringing the, the clock game. all the right. way down. Right. Right. right, they would have had the opportunity. Uh, what there would have been you, about uh, two minutes, uh, less than a minute. You don't make that call, right. and um, and they they're kicking a field goal, and uh, presumably. So the next play started at one forty-eight. So there would have been one forty-five left for Hertz to make. And the other part of it is Mahomes' throw to Juju. If there was not a hold on, no contact whatsoever. The throw to Juju, there was no way they were completing that pass. No, he no. overthrew him by so much. Yeah, and the hold took – and it was a hold, so it took place before he threw the ball. I think he just right. unloaded it. He might have seen the flag Did go he? down. But here's most, – Most of the time, Mahomes does see the, the pass. Right. Defense, yeah. Most of the time. Okay. Yeah. But, but here's – He's like Brady like that. Here's what everybody yeah, – yeah. Here's the other thing. Okay, so tell me this. Do you think Goddard's foot was down – as he re-established the catch on that ball on third and 14 when they reviewed it, because that allowed them to kick a field goal, right? That continued that drive on that play that was reviewed. I still don't think that foot was still down when he bobbled the ball. It was third and 14 at the Kansas City 47. They're punting, right? And, And when you saw the replay, People on the, so the sideline officials that they're not on the part of the crew. They're the sideline guys, right? They're both telling the other team, "Yeah, it, it, it's going your way," because at one point the Eagles are going. They're celebrating like it's a catch. And then the next thing you know, Kansas City's walking uh, up the field uh, like it's going to be a punt. 
uh, and then they decided that they were going to hold it as a catch. I, I don't think it was a catch. I, I don't think it was a catch either. But I no really one's don't. talking about that. You know, and, and I'll give Sirianni, he's kind of irritating, <laughs> but I'll give him credit after the game when, when he had to answer the question about the hold. He said there was a lot of other plays in the game that helped decide the outcome. And I give him credit for that because he's right. Everybody forgot because that play took place with 6:13 left in the third quarter. Everybody forgot about that catch. That wasn't a catch. The guy was out of bounds. He only had mm-hmm. one foot down. But that that was three points. Take those three points away, and you know it's a different outcome. So I think tit for tat there. Well, let me say this before we take a break. Uh, I got cut off uh, talking about how, you know, we should really pull for the NFC East. And my last statement was, you guys should stop acting like some freaking children. <laughs> no, we're, we're, act, we're acting like the Eagle fans, okay? <laughs> well, that's what I said. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I love it. All right, we continue with more mix shots. We got so much to get to. All that happened uh, from a Cowboys perspective over Super Bowl week in the Valley of the Sun when we come back in a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey! Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. (sighs) Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back, back to Mick Shots. 
K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. All right, uh, we continue on here on Mix Shots. We got so much to get to. Uh, you want one more thing on the game, and then go into Cowboy stuff? Are you going to go Cowboy stuff first? What are you What are you thinking? How about one more on the game? Okay. Uh, what do you got on your legal pad? My legal pad, a lot on Mahomes. Mm-hmm. On when you thought he was done and comes back and played at the level he did and ran the football. Uh, I thought it was absolutely uh, fantastic uh, that, and you know what, I never realized that, uh, that the MVP of the season had lost nine straight games, <laughs> Super Bowls, and, 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 and he ended up being the first one to broke double. His, broke the string. Broke that string that, that he doubled, and boy, and here's my other thing. How do these how do these teams get wide receivers so wide open? Is it play design? The well, wide there, receivers. There's a couple of instances good? in yesterday's game it was play design. Well, both of those touchdowns uh-huh. late for Kansas City, right? When they had the Tony and it was in, he was in motion and then doubled back and they couldn't they couldn't come Sky back and Moore. cover him. Yeah, and then Sky Moore kind of the same thing. Uh, well, if you recall, guys, I think we did the same thing to them. Uh, this year as well, as far as uh, secondary getting confusion right. uh, from that bunch formation and the red zone, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So, and, and but even how do you, how do you how do you let Devonte Smith wide open like that? Even Kansas City. I mean, did you cover the guy? You know, where where is the safety man? Uh, it was unbelievable that, that those well, guys well, could be I, I so gonna... wide open. I, I was uh, going to really uh, get on what you said, Spags. Uh, Mahomes, you know, uh, I always did like Mahomes, but still thought that pe- people just gave him still too much credit, even though I think he's amazing. You know, but sometimes, you know, I was just thinking that's enough. Uh, this year was different for me. Uh, you know, when he got, he, he lost Tyreek Hill, um, you know, it, it. I really thought – that he was going to be affected by that, you know, especially the way the season started for them. I was really, you know, just then wagging my finger, like, okay, there you go. And uh, I saw him win in plays that were really ugly, in games that were really, really ugly for the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was because of him that those games were pulled out. And, I mean, of course, you got your offensive line. They kind of keep him out of there. But he's breaking the pocket. He's using his legs, and for him to play in this Super Bowl, you know, I don't want to overblow it, but you guys remember what T.O. did, right, that time when his leg was pretty yes. broken? Mm-hmm. That was some amazing stuff, guys. I mean, that was some superhuman stuff. You know, we give a lot of people a lot of credit these days, but what he did in that game was superhuman stuff. And like you said about Mahomes, uh, Spags, I, I didn't. I did not think he was going to be a factor with his legs at all. There's no way I could see it. You know, I thought he was just being one of those guys that, you know, trying to show what kind of leader he is. No, he is that leader because he came back and made a difference. 
And it, in the whole season, he's come back and made a difference in almost every game by just him being uh, impromptu. You understand? Yeah. To me, that's hard. That's just hard, and, and that's leadership stuff. To me right now, he's really one of the guys that really kind of deserves all of that, that stuff that what you said, full-blown. Uh, I think he, he, he should carry that flag. You know, and here was the other thing about Kansas City. They made such a big deal of the Philadelphia front and their 70 sacks. They got zero. Somebody on that offensive line had to play pretty well for Kansas City. And I don't recall them ever mentioning anybody's name on their offensive line. Like we heard all about Kelsey and, you know, the Philadelphia front. They ran for 158 yards uh, on Philadelphia on that front. Uh, so somebody on that offensive line had to play pretty well. How about well. the former Oklahoma Sooner Creed Humphrey at center and the former right. Oklahoma Sooner Orlando Brown at left tackle? <laughs> I think the other time they mentioned him is when he – was there a penalty or something, a false start maybe? But they never mentioned Here, anything about, how about these two? How about these? Line. How about these two offensive lines? And when you look at – and that's something I started charting early in the season because you cross the league, there were so many injuries on the offensive line, including here in Dallas when Tyron right. Smith goes down before the, the season even started. This season, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, do you, during the regular season, how many starts did they lose from their starting five offensive linemen all season long? I think, like a good lawyer, Bill knows the answer to that. I know the, <laughs> unless you the don't, Eagles, don't ask the question unless you know that. That's right. The Eagles missed three starts from their starting offensive line all season. Two of them came late in the year, Lane Johnson, and they had one other missed start. And the Kansas City Chiefs had three missed starts on their offensive line. Both these teams wow. with three missed starts on their offensive line all season. You go with the Cowboys, Tyron Smith, he wound up starting four games in the regular season, so he missed 13 starts there. Terrence Steele wound up missing four starts. He played 13 games. And then you even lost starts. Biotish. Um, one start from Biotish and McGovern and McGovern missed two starts. Uh, and so even and McGovern wasn't one of those first five that right. I'm talking about. Yeah. So uh, it makes a big difference because teams cannot invest in their backup offensive linemen. The salary cap won't allow it, which is why when they did all the commercials for the USFL and the XFL, that's where they'll have problems. Often they don't have enough offensive linemen. Um, well, as you talk about offensive linemen, that kind of gives me a, a, a platform to talk a little trash to you guys. Oh! And that would be that as you look at how this season turned out, I was just really – I said a few things, you know, during the season. I didn't really make a big deal about it. You know, I never really make a big deal about anything. It's just not my style. So, anyway uh, – <laughs> I really want to just wag my finger at you guys and tell you I told you so about how if Jalen Hurst was to receive an offensive line, he was going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. I said that after our first game against Philadelphia. I believe that was the one at home. And he threw this ball from out of bounds, going out of bounds, going to his right. And I believe uh, Davis – 
you know, it was perfect pass. And Davis went up and caught it. Uh, it was an oh, by the way, touchdown. But I told you guys, he would be doing a lot more of that if he only had an offensive line. And if Bill doesn't stop pouting about the <laughs> national championship, oh, my God, give this dude some love, man. What national he, championship? Well, well the, playoffs, the, 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 the playoffs. The playoffs. No, the playoffs uh, in college, I mean. The uh-huh. playoffs in college. Oklahoma wasn't going to win the national championship. It had nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. Well, no, you you have been <laughs> mad at him ever since that year, Bill. Come on, just, no, he has developed no, a lot more. Him. He's better. Please forgive him. Please no, forgive him. No, he's. I think he's always had the talent. Uh, I think that uh, since he was at Oklahoma, I think Philadelphia has done a great job developing him as a passer in this league. Um, he was mainly running the football when he was at Oklahoma. I and I, I give a lot of credit. You know, at, at, yeah. well, and at one point in the game, Greg Olson uh, started uh, touting Jalen and his journey to this point. And there was one part, and he talked about him overcoming adversity, you know, at Alabama, yeah, what happened yeah, to him at yeah. Alabama, then tra- transferring yeah. to Oklahoma, and then yeah. into the uh, NFL as a second-round draft pick and not a starter all initially all and, and all that. Right. But I think the most – I think uh, what I give him credit for, especially in this environment in college football more than anything – was when he left Alabama, he didn't leave Alabama right after he got pulled out of that national championship game and Tua led him to the national championship. He stayed another year at Alabama. It wasn't like he got mad and then, well, I'm, I'm going to go find some other place to play. He stayed at Alabama. And he got, I believe he got his degree at Alabama. And then, actually, the next year, he had to come in in the SEC title game when Tua got hurt and lead Alabama on the football field. But that said a lot about the character of Jalen Hurts that, okay, when times went bad, what you're seeing across college football right now is, well, I'm okay, they, they don't like me here. I'll just show them. I'll just go someplace else. And Jalen didn't do that. He stayed at Alabama and completed his time there, and then it became the right time to transfer. That's when he, with the blessing of Nick Saban, went to Oklahoma. And I thought that I thought that just like you had uh, brought up, though, and like I said, what really gave you this platform was we, you know, we talked about it. their offensive line allows him to have the poise that he has shown throughout the entire year. And let's just be, I'm being realistic about that, and and. You know, and the way they have developed everything around him, man, almost everything was perfect for it to succeed. Well, he developed as a pocket passer, too, because he wasn't that good at Oklahoma, and he wasn't that good his rookie year. He really worked at it, and I give him uh, credit uh, for that. One of the guys in postgame was, no, no, it was a postgame interview with him, and one of the guys, I can't remember who said it, He's like, well, he's going to be our first $50 million a year quarterback. <laughs> and, you know, he's going into his third third year this year, this next year, right? He's That's three? Right. So he, he's due some money pretty soon. And it, as a second-round draft pick, he doesn't, a, right. they don't have that fifth-year option. Right. So. And I just saw – I also saw that Philadelphia, oh, by the way, has 20 unrestricted free agents, too. So all of a sudden, hey, it, it, they're one more thing I always thought was, was very uh, different about uh, Jalen as well. You remember when uh, uh, Matthew Stafford uh, was on the stage after they had celebrated 
the Super Bowl win. And as he was leaving, the lady was right there in front of him, and she fell off the off the stage. Y'all remember that? I do not. And, and Matthew was right, he saw it right there, it was right in front of him, like five feet in front of him. And so she fell off the stage. It was pretty far. And he kind of looked at her. I think he was a little tipsy. And he just kind of looked at her like, oh, wow, that's messed up, right? So he went the other way. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm not falling off the stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'm not going to go to help her either. And so just the difference between that, between that is Jalen Hurts was coming into the locker room after a win in Philadelphia. And the fans were really trying to get his autograph and all that. And they leaned over too far, and the 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 the, the uh, rail collapsed. Yeah, I, I <laughs> right, remember right that. in yeah. front of him, right? Yeah. And you know, just as cool as ever, he just bends over and he has like three or four people up, take a picture <laughs> with him, and he goes to the locker room. <laughs> so to me, that's the difference between a quarterback who's humble as he is. Right? <laughs> He's always been that humble guy. That's what you speak to. Uh, spoke to earlier, both of y'all think he is. He has always been that humble guy, did things the right way, and is really paying off for By the way, uh, just to clarify on Hurts, he's going into his contract year. This is his fourth oh, season coming up. Fourth. He was he was drafted in 2020, second-round pick. And so oh. he's going so into his fourth year. So that's why they year. brought it up. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. – you, so, you know darn well his this, guy doesn't want him playing in his hey, final year. The, what the Eagles did this year with their roster and acquiring – making all those trades and, and signings and so forth. They have no money left. This was their year, and they knew this was their year. And now they got to start paying that quarterback. Well, they were offended. I, got, they, I guess they, they can they can do his contract where he's got another year where they've got right. some fle- salary flexibility. But it's about dump, to dump some, it's about yeah. to hit big time for them. Well, they were that offended that Stephen Jones pointed that out. Mm-hmm. They, they they got all mad. All right, we got to take a break. Wait, one last before we break. Okay, because we're going to do this other stuff. I don't know if you guys stayed with the post game uh, shows. But on Fox, they went to Fox 1 or whatever, and Sean Payton was part of the panel, and they were talking about uh, the Chiefs uh, starting this dynasty. And Sean Payton goes, he goes, you know, he goes, Andy Reid's got two Super Bowls. He's been pretty successful. Uh, Mahomes has been successful. He goes, I think it's about time that, you know, Andy just says, okay, that's enough, and retire. (laughs) And the guys on the panel finally caught it. They were looking at him wild-eyed, right? And they go, oh, you're in the same division. (laughs) It was pretty good. He was pushing that Andy retire. (laughs) All right, let's uh, talk Cowboys at the Super Bowl and in the Hall of Fame when we come back on Mix Shots. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey. Oh. oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. <sighs> Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back to mixed shots. This is How We Country. Country Music's Party of the Year is coming to Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's brightest stars together under one roof. And no one does country like Texas. Witness history on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. And if Chris Stapleton's playing, I might just go to that. You liked that anthem, didn't you? He was awfully, he was awfully good. May 11th, that's now less than three months away. And that means the draft, draft is, is, over. is less than, it's like two and a half months away. Yes. The combine's a couple of weeks away. Free agency is a month away. Things are kicking off big time. Can, we, can we grow old gracefully, please, Bill? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Hey, there's a reason. I've got the big green notebook ready to go here the next Three months. That's where I'll be spending a lot of time in my big green notebook. And the details of that will reveal partially as we go along here on Mix Shots week to week. That might have been my favorite commercial on NFL. Now, now you're right going to have to let us know I what know. you're pointing at, Mickey, on the screen. I will. And the uh, distractible it's, player, it's Mickey. It's commercial with the flag football, the uh, young lady from Mexico that they couldn't pull her flag. Mm-hmm. She's being interviewed right now. Oh, okay. On the NFL Network. It was pretty funny. She she ran all the way home. Everybody's trying to pull her. You remember? Were you? you I was. I did watching. not watch any of People the commercials. Anyway, and she <laughs> she she avoided everybody. And she got to her house, and her mom was like glad to see her. And her mom went to go grab her flag. She goes, uh, uh-uh, uh, not now. <laughs> but it there. I did hear. I did see rave reviews on social media. Yeah. On the. Uh, it was a good one. The flag football commercial. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's get into. Uh, you want to get into Hall of Fame? Yes. Okay, and congratulations to 
Chuck Halley, DeMarcus Ware. I'll throw Zach Thomas into the mix, too, as he finished up his career. And I just love the knock-on-the-door special that the NFL Network and the Pro Football Hall of Fame does every year. And uh, it's really neat when they when they find out they're going into the hall. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, I – I was torn because I knew DeMarcus Ware is going to get in, right? If he didn't get in this year, he's getting in next year. But I knew if he got in and you knew Chuck Holley was going to get in, then Darren Woodson didn't have a shot, right? They're not going to put three Cowboys in in the same year. Just not going to happen. Uh, and unfortunately for Darren, he didn't get in. But uh, Again, right? <laughs> yeah, again. Uh, and, and But, you know, good – DeMarcus got in. It was his second time. And finally, the Pro Football Hall of Fame righted a probably 45-year wrong uh, with Chuck Holley. Should have been in long time ago. Uh, I believe the first time he was eligible was 1978. 1978. All these years. Uh, and one of the best uh, football players in Cowboys history uh, from back in that era, uh, was still not in. So the fact that he got in, um, I think, I don't know how you guys felt, but I felt like it was pretty bittersweet, sweet that he got in, uh, but sort of bitter that he got in after, I don't know if he can appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, I agree with that. His yeah. son, I talked to his son, Scott uh, Holly, uh, the day after, and I said, do you think, do you think he knows? Do you think he understands what happened? And he goes, you know, at times I think maybe a little bit, but I, I, I just don't know. He goes, the only time I think he reacted to it uh, was John McClain's on the senior committee, the reporter, uh, writer from uh, Houston. Now that he, Yeah, he's a good guy. He's, he's, a good dude. he's retired, and he's on the senior committee, Rick Goslin. And he said uh, John was the one that came to the house when he made the finals uh, to let the family know, to let uh, his dad know. And he said, you know, John was explaining it to him. And he said, my dad, and I, in case everybody doesn't know. This was know, back in August, I think. Yeah, when that, this was when we were in training camp. Yeah. And, and Chuck Holly is the later, last stages of dementia. Um, he, you know, he, he barely can walk. Uh, he, he's having trouble speaking more than a couple words. Uh, and so when, when John came and told him, Scott said, I don't, I don't think he understood. And he goes, and I left. And he goes, uh, a little bit later, I got a call from our caregiver that's been with dad for a long time. And he said, I was trying to explain to him, he said to your dad, you know, what this all meant, that, you know, you're, you're probably going into the Hall of Fame. And he said he finally looked up at me, the caregiver, and, and his eyes lit up and he said, guess I'm going to have to get a new suit. Mm -hmm. There you go. And well, so maybe that. he understood. Now it's a matter wow. of how long he can retain that understanding. Uh, because I think if you saw it, the knock on the door at his house was from Roger Staubach mm -hmm. to come in and explain it to him. And I think he kind of got a little bit of a smile. Yes, a, he did. Nod, I thought, I thought right? that there was a look on his yeah. face that, that he, that he got he it. Understood. He understood what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
but well, if nothing else, with Roger being there, I'm sure he thought it was something. Right, Roger. Well, something, you know what? Yeah, it was something important. Scott said all, a bunch of the Gold Jacket guys showed up. Bob Lilly was there. Uh, Cliff Harris was there. Uh, I think uh, now these weren't these were uh, Leroy Jordan, yeah, not other, uh, yeah, other former players, and yep. then uh, Charlie Waters was there, Drew Pearson. Uh, so they all kind of showed up for the thing to make a big deal out of it. So, so I, you know, I hated asking the question, but he was Scott was so nice, and he was the one, by the way, that went on stage to uh, when uh, Chuck Holly was introduced. That was his son, and I said, so do you think? he can make it to the induction ceremony he goes i don't know he said it's going to be really tough because he has uh sensory overload like if there's a Mm -hmm. lot of noise and there's a lot of things going on he doesn't deal with it too well so uh that's always the shame when those older guys like that get in at such a late stage that they can't really appreciate it but it was uh, well I, I, i was um his son was great about it though Cool, cool. I was, uh, uh, of course, uh, upset again about uh, Woody. Yeah. You know, I mean, if I can't make it, at least somebody can make it in damn thing. God, <laughs> it's <gonna break. laughs> So, you know, I've been pulling for it for a while, especially when you told me how many times, uh, Spags, that he uh, had, had already uh, failed. And uh, when we had the Tom Landry Awards, you know, uh, he's a charming guy. He sat next to my wife during the time. He, he was so cool. She really got to like him. And, man, she's as upset as I am now <laughs> that he didn't make it. So he has a fan in Sherelle Walls. He has a big fan in her. And, uh, you know, she, she's keeping the clock on him as, as well as she is her own husband. You know, the amazing thing about Woody is that's the first time he's made it to the finals. He's always been. You know what? And that was the deal with Scott uh, talking about his dad that, you know, for – uh, all all these years, for a whole bunch of years, he always was on the battle uh, ballot, right? But he never got past the semifinals. Uh, and he told me, you guys, and I wrote about it, he told me an interesting story. He said when he was in middle school and he realized all these other guys were getting in from the Cowboys and his dad was being left out, he said, I wrote a letter to the Pro Football Hall of Fame explaining uh, my dad's qualifications and why he should be in it. And he said, he said they sent me a letter back. They wrote him back. He was like 12, 13 years old uh, and, and explained to him that he'd been a semifinalist for 14 years but never really made it to the next round or however many years it was. I, I don't think it was 14. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny that he, he actually did that. And then when it finally happened, he was the one to – uh, go up there and represent his father when they introduce the guys. Okay, now here's the other thing as far as the uh, going forward with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, we there were three senior finalists uh, this year. That all got in. Okay, 2023. And they've expanded it to three senior nominees or the potential for three senior um, inductees in the class of 2024 and the class of 2025 also. So I don't know if there's anyone here in our present company who might be interested in that little note, but uh, there there are... The present a, company already knew about that. <laughs> right. I'm letting everyone don't, else know. Don't, don't, Let don't, it, turn me into, don't turn me into Drew Pearson, okay? <laughs> I am not. 
Darn. Dropping the gun. You're, you're a senior. You're a senior already. <laughs> and and so, as I said on the air last night, okay, took care of business this year. Now Woody and Everson here. Yes. Let's do it. Let's go. And you know what? To emphasize my point, so the other uh, two seniors that got in, Joe Klecko, and then Ken Riley, who has already yeah, passed thank away. Yeah, I was going right? to say something. And though. he's already passed Man. away. Don't wait until these never, guys. What's that? I was saying, just don't wait to these. Wait so long for these older guys. Well, yeah, he, he never he never made a Pro Bowl uh, All Pro. Is that true, Spaz? Ken Riley. Ken Riley. That part, I. That's what I heard. I, I think I, I heard that. I don't know that for a fact. I mean, you know, he's been his son. I, I, I think it's Ken Riley the third. Uh, he has always been carrying the flag for his pops, man, and you know that's just really a good deal. Uh, Ken Riley always was a class act, and I tell, I say it all the time to be able to uh, 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 thrive in a situation in Cincinnati that wasn't the greatest situation at all, and to play his entire career there. I just thought it was an easy testament of uh, what consistency and loyalty was all about. I thought he really deserved better when he was alive. When, uh, and he was first-team All-Pro in 1983, but no Pro mm-hmm. Bowls. And mm-hmm. 65 career interceptions for Ken Riley. And that would be number five, I think, on the I think so. time list? I think so, yeah. yeah. So, all right, last few minutes here. What else, what do you got to wrap things up here? Right and then now? and then I don't know about you guys, but I was somewhat surprised that Dak was named the Walter Payton winner. Um, got that award. I mean, there's thirty. I don't know. There was thirty one other guys, and you know, I saw a couple other guys' stories. Uh, I think it was it, Cam Jordan. Was was one of them, um, and I was like, "Oh wow, you know, the, some of these guys got some great stories." But uh, the fact that Dak won it, uh, very deserving, obviously, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and and I was just kind of happy for him, right? Just you know, all he's gone through and all the grief he's taken after the loss, uh, for something good like that to happen, um, I thought was uh, it, it, it was a nice touch. Yeah, I was happy for him, too. It was good to see that uh, it kind of just quieted everything just a little bit. Just, right. Just briefly. Yeah. You know, something good came through, and, uh, you know, everybody can just get off his back for once, even though there was a lot of backhanded compliments. And he is Poor the – and that's why I, I stayed off social media on purpose. I didn't want to get pissed off. And he is the fourth uh, former Cowboy to uh, win the Man of the Year award, going back to Roger Staubach and then Troy Aikman, Jason Witten, and now Dak Prescott. Are they going to have room down the hallway there yeah. to expand that three shot to four? They've got to do something. Here at the Star, there's there's a monument of sorts to the Man of the Year winners. Who knows? I haven't walked by there yet. They might have already they, done it. They may you have. never know how quickly they can act. They may have. All right, so uh, we got a lot to get to in coming episodes of Mix Shots. Free, shot, uh, free agency is going to be huge. Uh, we're going to have to dive through that with 19 guys that they've got to uh, deal with, um, and some of them very important to the success they had uh, this year. And you can't re-sign everybody, 
but uh, that's gonna, this is going to be an important offseason for this team. The most important thing that needs to happen this offseason, Everson Walls, what do you think it is? Wide receivers. I would not argue with you. And I, they, think we need, I think we need more playmakers. And, you know, I dare say uh, we need to start including uh, not just uh, um, Pollard. I mean, you never know what's going to happen to him. But not just Pollard in the, in the passing game. But it needs to be consistent that our running backs really need to be receiving capable because we need as many options as we can get. You see how it worked out with even Jalen uh, in the game. There were times when, you know, he was on the run and uh, everything's covered downfield. He was able to pop it down, check down. Even with Mahomes. You saw the way they played Mahomes. That's the way the Giants played Buffalo in 1990, Super Bowl 25. We made sure that we just kept the big plays down. But Mahomes is still able to find an outlet. Those outlets are important, guys. Hey, and speaking of wide receivers, and how about this Super Bowl champion team? A year ago, they lose Tyreek Hill in free agency, and what did they do to uh, offset that loss? Not only in free agency, but in the draft, they uh, focused in on wide receivers. They also lost to Marcus Robinson, who had started 10 games uh, for them last year at wide receiver. He signed uh, with Vegas last, last offseason. And so what they do, they signed a couple of free agents in Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and in the second round they drafted Sky Moore. And even during the season they pick up Kadarius Tony gave up a third and a sixth for him during the middle of the season. What about Kadarius Tony, man? You're talking about a lucky guy, man. Yeah. I'm thinking the Giants aren't real happy with that performance. <laughs> It's like, oh, and we had that guy. You know what he was, but you know what he was always that guy. It's like was always something with him, right? He was, he was our. uh, Oh my God, what about the defensive back? He's him. Yeah, Kelvin Joseph. Yeah, he can't get out of his own way. Yes, yeah, he could not do it. But boy, he sure got out of the Eagles' way. I'll tell you that. And we're gonna get out of Chris Beam, the producer Supreme's way now, as we're in our last minute. It's lunchtime. It is lunchtime. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here another minute, damn it. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> All right. No free lunch for you today, Everson here. All right. Uh, and we'll how about we do this again next Monday at eleven AM? What Sounds do you think? Real good. Yes, sir. I will be there in person. All right. And close us out, Everson. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this? Yeah!